The Air Force's innovative software shop Kessel Run and Air Combat Command have entered into an agreement. It seems unremarkable, but the implications could change every program in the ACC. The agreement allows Kessel Run to constantly upgrade systems in a DevSecOps fashion. Federal News Network Scott Massioni spoke with Kessel Run's test and integration chief, Jacques Torson. This is groundbreaking and super exciting, I think, for the DoD in general, just to watch this process moving forward. It's a break from the traditional acquisitions process of where you sit down and you spend maybe years writing requirements and it takes a long time before you even start building anything. And that just extends the time before the warfighter, you know, folks downrange can actually use whatever it is you're trying to design and build. DoD I 5087, which is the new software pathway uh, for acquisitions, is kind of what spurred this user agreement and what's allowing us to have a lot more flexibility in um, instead of sitting down and writing requirements for three years and getting that all approved and sent through um, seven layers of oversight councils and things like that. Instead, it gives us access to the users themselves um, very early in the design phases it also gives us access to their the, the primary stakeholders, the lead command, which in this case is Air Combat Command, and it allows them to be an integral part of the design from the very beginning. Um, and it doesn't stop there. They don't just um, provide input on the design at the beginning. They are there every step of the way. Their users are using you know whatever capability we can push out the door as fast as we can do it, and they're providing feedback constantly. And, you know, just to back up for a second, that software acquisition pathway that you're talking about, I believe that came through the adaptive acquisition framework. And, and what it does is basically makes it a little bit faster. Uh, you, you, like you said, you can move faster within that acquisition cycle and update software faster through this instead of having to go through the, the regular FAR version that you would have five years ago, right? Exactly. And it's all informed this strategy in this um, acquisition pathway was all informed by industry best practices for software, where if uh, anyone who's done um, any reading or research on kind of the DevOps movement and um, agile development and things like that for software, really it all started um, with lessons learned from lean manufacturing, where you're trying to you know, you can um, reduce risk and reduce um, costs and things like that by pushing out smaller batch sizes. So instead of, you know, waiting a really long time, building up all this, um, you know, material and output and push, pushing it out there and then finding out it's the wrong thing. Instead, we're doing the same thing with software where we do it in very small, very frequent um, batches, increments. And that really is how we can drive down the risk because you can push out these really small increments. Um, if there is um, a defect, a bug or something it is found immediately, we don't have to scour through months and months of code and work to figure out where that, that bug or defect was. We know it was in this latest batch or maybe the last couple of batches, um, but it's very easy to find, very easy to roll back um, if it does happen but we've, we're also, since these are digital capabilities as a software, um, you know, we can automate um, testing, um, we can automate security scans, we can build in a, you know, a bunch of different things um, now where, where we can, again, drive down that risk and feel comfortable pushing 
um, software code directly to the field without, you know, extensive large testing events or without extensive large reviews that slow that down. Where do you see this operationalizing at first? You know, is this going to start with new start programs? Is this going to be put into software programs that are already running within ACC? It, it is already just what you said on the latter side is it's it's going to it's incorporated into what we've already been working to do on the software side current programs um we are certainly paving a path that others you know that are earlier on in the you know their program phases than us will be able to you know use our progress that we've made and kind of follow in our footsteps the the great thing about Kessel Run is that we've been challenging the status quo on the acquisition side from the very beginning um when they started as just you know it was just an idea Um, hey, why don't we try to do some of these DevOps practices to modernize the Air Operations Center? It was really just an idea that came out of the Defense Innovation Unit, and it evolved now into transforming an entire program office for um, the Air Operations Center. But but yeah, so we've been, um, our organization has been um, at the ground level of this kind of movement for um, better and software, uh, better software acquisitions, methodologies and you know they kind of come to us and say hey what's been working for you what hasn't been we've been able to also just inform there's um we engage with you know kind of the academic experts that are um advising um dod on these things and osd and um so we've been really a part of this the whole way so we've been able to kind of like say hey that that is gonna work this isn't gonna work i think they've um the way they've designed the um dod instruction has is is built with a lot of flexibility for us um, to do to do what's going to make sense and be most efficient for us. So I think they did that um, they did that great. So Kessel Run is a pretty small shop compared to you know a whole command. How do you see this working in the future if the Air Force decides to run with this? I mean, will Kessel Run have to uh, team up with many different commands and and really grow itself so that it can help update these software programs that that the whole Air Force has? Or do you see other software factories taking on these responsibilities as well? Or, you know, how, how might that work? So Kessel Run has very specific um, programs that we have attached to us right now. Um, they're centered around air operations, command and control. Um, so our, we sort of have a portfolio um, for the Air Force. Um, you know, some of it is going to be joint capability, but that's kind of our niche, if you will. Uh, so we don't... Um, we don't have plans to expand, um, you know, majorly outside of that, you know, for now, like you can't speculate what the future will bring, but um, certainly other software factories are starting up and are um, kind of picking up those other projects um, around the Air Force and, and DOD, um, you know, Space Force has their own um, software factory, but yes, they're starting and, you know, where those services need um kind of agile new software capabilities these these units are forming. So one of the things about uh, software or frequent software updates is in the private world, developers feel uh, pressure because of, you know, capitalism and competition, all that kind of stuff to constantly add add-ons and new kind, kinds of things. And the government world doesn't have that pressure necessarily, but it definitely has the need for innovation. You know, how are you kind of balancing that and not just putting on some silly add-on that you feel like you need to just kind of try versus something that'll actually help the airmen? So it's definitely different on the government side where you don't, you can't, don't have very good return on investment. You don't have dollars you're making by pushing out this software. Uh, We have dollars we're spending, um, but 
really that feedback instead of you know profit margins um the really the feedback comes from the users themselves and their adoption of the software is really how we are are measuring success so if we're you know pushing out something and the users are like, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to use it. We know right away that, that we're on the wrong path. Jacques Torsen, test and integration chief at the Air Force's Kessel Run Software Development Center, speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, And then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, 
I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federals organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. 
they're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.